0: Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. If you know much about Daniel, you know that he was a good-looking, young, educated, very well-educated, about 15 years old, he was a, you know, uh, just a member of the royal family and, and the Jewish nation. He lived in Jerusalem in the year 605 BC when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar's victory resulted in Daniel and several other young men just like him being taken as prisoner back to Babylon as sort of a hostage, as it were. And uh, there he was enslaved to serve in the king's palace for the rest of his life. Daniel, like so many others before him and like so many others since him, Daniel seemed to blossom wherever he was planted. The apostle Paul would later write that he too, he said, always me too. He said, in whatever state I am in, you know, there I find myself to be content. And there I find a way that I can serve others like I am serving Christ. It happened in a lot of the Bible characters' lives. Daniel had a great attitude and he became a great asset to his captors, and thereby became a great witness for God, the God in whom he trusted with his future. More than he trusted himself, more than he trusted his nation, more than he trusted his captors, Daniel trusted God with his future. Daniel served in Babylon during the reign of four kings. The first king, of course, is the one that Enslaved him, Nebuchadnezzar. For King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel interpreted a dream. He also served Belshazzar. You may remember he read the handwriting on the wall. He was able to decipher what the hand had written. You know, you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. He also served in the palace of Darius the Mede because Darius said that Daniel had an excellent spirit, he proved himself. He proved that God was with him. And then he also served under Cyrus the Persian. Cyrus, no doubt, found out when he captured Babylon and and took Babylon that there was a young man there, a young Jewish slave that was working in the palace who knew that he was coming because Isaiah the prophet had prophesied over 150 years before Cyrus was even born, even called Cyrus by name and said that he was going to do some things. And and Daniel was able to show Cyrus the instructions that God gave him 150 years before he was born by name. Even told him how he would capture the city and what he would do in allowing and paying for the return of the children of God back to Jerusalem and even paying for the building of the temple. You know, it was Daniel. Daniel is the one that first, the very first one in the whole Bible to introduce us to the angels Gabriel and Michael. Isn't that interesting? Wow. During Daniel's 70 plus years in slavery in Babylon, Daniel racked up a pretty good resume and a great reputation. However, Daniel was not liked by everyone. You know, you can be God's person right in the middle of God's will, doing God's work with integrity and being a benefit to everyone you serve and still be hated by some people. You can be called by God doing what God wants done and still have people hate you and try to destroy you and kill you. Wow. Anyone who serves God, by the way, is a target to the devil and also a target to all those who serve and are controlled by the devil. The devil has historically made people afraid that they are going to lose power and lose control and gets them to do some of the most stupid, silly, destructive things because they fear losing power. They fear losing control. The devil uses this fear to blind the leaders of nations, organizations, movements, families, political parties, religious groups, social platforms, trying to manipulate and control people to destroy what God is trying to build. Fear of the loss of power and control seems to be the favored ploy of the devil throughout history. Such was the case against Daniel. This morning I want to show you what happened in Daniel's life. So that you can be prepared for what is happening in our world today. And has happened in generations since the world began. And will happen until Jesus comes again. We need to be prepared I want to show you what is usually the last straw the devil lays on the back of the children of God so that you can guard against the ploys of the devil in this day. Daniel, the sixth chapter. We'll begin reading in verse 1. It pleased Darius. Now, Daniel is about 82 years old at this point. Okay? Okay. Somewhere between 80 and 82 years old. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. What's a satrap? Well, it's a mayor or an administrator, okay? To be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. That the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Okay? The king divided his kingdom into 120 cities and three states. Over each city, he put an administrator, a mayor. And over each, uh, you know, uh, state, there was a governor. Then, verse 3, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. <laughs> this guy is wise, he's smart, he's sharp. I'm going to make him in command over all of them. I'm, I'm going to make him the president. Verse so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him then these men said we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God whoa now you see what just happened here We won't be able to find any fault against Daniel unless we can find something that we can accuse him of concerning his God. Sounds like what they did to Jesus, doesn't it? You heal on the Sabbath. You you forgive sins. It's the same thing. So the governors, you know, and the mayors, the high officials, they decided, they got together and decided that they were going to do whatever it took to implicate Daniel as a threat to the country, as a threat to the king. It could have been about anything. They looked hard in his life. And one thing they found was that he was a man of prayer. He was committed to his God and committed to prayer. And so they decided to make it about prayer. You know, whenever you want to crucify somebody, you can make it about anything. You look around for things to make something about. You look around for anything to make something about. You know, for Jesus, he said he was the king. Hello? Come on now, get with me on this. Don't get ahead of me. You might not get to where I'm going. Okay? You not, might not be going where I'm going. these officials, these government officials, these leaders, they conspired to make this about prayer. And so they got together. Now, this is what happened. You can read the story. They got together. They manipulated the system and through lies and flattery, they got the king to make an ordinance, to make a statue, to make an irrevocable law that no one could petition, no one could pray, no one could ask anybody for anything unless they asked the king for 30 days. They knew just all we need is just a short time and we can get this guy. You know, nobody can ask anybody for anything unless it's the king. And if you do... The law says you have to be thrown into the lion's den. Now, they manipulated the system to set Daniel up to fail. This good man who was doing a good thing, who was helping, who was in the hand of God, doing the work of God and the will of God. And here they've manipulated the system and they've set Daniel up to fail. Uh, then that same, those same government officials, they requested and obtained a warrant uh, from one of their own judges, they placed cameras in Daniel's house and wiretapped his phone. And, oh, wait, 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 wait. That was somebody else. Uh, let me, let me get this. Oh, oh, yeah. This was 550 B.C. about this time. They didn't have cell phones. Okay. Uh, okay. Here, Daniel was about 82. Okay. Here's what happened. Since they knew he was a praying man, they did a stakeout. One of those physical stakeouts where you got to get together and go out there and kind of hide in the darkness. And that's what they did. They kind of hid and they kind of watched Daniel and they they were watching him. Why? Because they knew he was going to pray. They knew it. They knew it. They knew it. They knew he was going to pray. And all along, they weren't necessarily against him praying. They were against him because he was a man of God and God was blessing him and God was blessing his hands and the things that he was over was doing good and they couldn't stand it because they were losing control. They were losing power and they couldn't stand it and so they just set him up to fail and watched and watched and watched and sure enough Daniel opened up the window and there he knelt down as was his custom and he prayed to the living God. What was he praying for? No doubt he was praying for the nation. No doubt he was praying for the king. No doubt he was even praying for those who were despitefully using him and persecuting him and wanting to destroy him. He was a man of prayer. He prayed. And when he did, oh my goodness. They went and lodged a formal investigation. The devil has no new tricks. He's so predictable. It's just the same thing over and over. You'd think by now that we would see through these things. You think as smart as we are in 2020 that we could step back and go, Ooh, no, but the devil knows the world's stupid (laughs) and confused. And they go, Oh my goodness. He did (laughs) Daniel six verse 14 and the king when he heard these words, when he heard these accusations, when, when they, they, they lodged a formal complaint, an investigation, you know, a, 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 a hearing, when they put together this, you know, hearing, when the king heard these words, the king was greatly displeased with himself. All of a sudden he said, oh my goodness, I have been tricked. I have been duped. Why didn't I see this coming? Oh my goodness. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver Daniel. He was doing everything he could. Working, you know, all through the evening. I mean, just, just trying his best to get this thing reversed. Why? Because Daniel's a good man. He's not a bad man. But you know what? Even King Nebuchadnezzar could not do it. Why? Because the system had been manipulated and set up. And so there was nothing that could be done literally legally and that's what these officials these governors and these administrators were banking on they were banking on king nebuchadnezzar being a better man than they were they were banking on him being honest they were banking on him keeping the law when all the time behind the scenes they were just manipulating the system to get what they wanted because they didn't want to lose control you would think this would be written about today wouldn't you it's the same devil doing the same thing. Verse 15, then these men approached the king and said to the king, now, no, O king, let, let us educate you, king. Let us, let us tell you how it's going to be. This is the law of the Medes and Persians. That no decree or statute which the king establishes can be changed. You don't have the authority to change this. It's the law. So the king gave command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Whew, that was the king's hope. Verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. What a good king. And no musicians were brought before him. Now, <laughs> what does this mean? You know, he didn't have a cell phone to play music when he went to bed. There were no recordings, no record players. He had to have somebody physically there. Now, let me just ask you a question. How would it be if you had to go to bed without your phone? (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. How would it be if you had to spend a little time without your phone? Well, that's what he did. He put his phone up. And that's what some of us need to do. Do some fasting and put our phone up and turn off the music. Turn off the news. Sit down with God for a moment. And his sleep went from him. And spend all night long with God. Fasting and clearing your mind and praying to the Lord. And then, verse 19, the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste. He hurried to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel! The servant of the living God has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O oh, King, live forever. You're a good guy. Yeah bless your heart. You know? <laughs> Daniel six twenty two. Daniel said, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. I may not have been innocent in your court or in somebody else's court or anybody else's world, but I was innocent before God. And also let me add this to this old king. Listen now. I have done nothing wrong before you. Okay? I didn't I hadn't done you wrong either. I'm innocent before God, but I'm also a pretty decent fellow. And I haven't tried to hurt you either. You can read the rest of the account. Basically, the king was relieved. And, and then he was, he was relieved that Daniel was okay, but he was incensed that he had been tricked. And, and, and then he got inspired. He said, okay, been there, done that. He threw all those who had tried to entrap Daniel. All those that tried to seize control of the kingdom. He threw them in, you know, uh, into the lion's den where they wanted Daniel to be. And everything they had. And the king made a new decree. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. You know, see, this is what God wants. You know what God wants? God wants peace. The devil doesn't. This is what God wants. This is what the king wanted, peace. This is what God's people wanted, peace. This is what good people want, peace. Lost or saved. Good people, God's people, even God himself, we just want peace. So that we can pursue a life that God has given us. It's the devil and evil people who make all the trouble in the world. Verse 26, I make a decree, Nebuchadnezzar said, that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. You hear it? That is, that is, his kingdom is the one that will not be destroyed. Thank God for that. Amen. I stand here declaring his kingdom is the one that will not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lion. So this Daniel, as we conclude chapter 6, prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Wow. You know, although it may come in many forms, the biggest tool the devil has to use against people who serve the Lord, people that are being used by God, the biggest tool the devil has to use against them is to make it illegal to obey God. The devil, don't make any mistake now here. Listen, the devil wants to make it illegal for you to obey God. This is what the devil wants. He's already made it a little bit hard. He's already made it a little uncomfortable. He's already made it a little, you know, embarrassing. Come on now. He's already made it, you know, not politically correct but he wants to make it illegal for you to obey God. You might question me for a moment until I remind you that prayer was taken out of our schools by an act of the U.S. Supreme Court in 1962. Made it illegal. That's what the end result was. And that battle has been fought over and over and over again. For over 50 years, teachers and administrators, students and school boards were intimidated, were threatened, and were filed uh, against over this issue of prayer in schools over and over and over again. You don't have to go very far to hear testimonies of, of children who were shut down, who were, who were intimidated, who were threatened, who were removed from the classrooms, who were put in closets over and over and over and over again. Teachers fired, intimidated, let go over this issue that Daniel faced in the year, you know, 550. Isn't that amazing? How did the devil ever get the foothold in America where he could make obeying God against the law? In 1980, the U.S. Supreme Court's decision effectively removed the Ten Commandments from school classrooms from public buildings, came later. You remember Judge Roy Moore in Alabama that tried to keep the Ten Commandments, you know, in the, in the courthouse, in his courthouse? Lost. Gone. Well, just, just nine days ago, ten days ago, our Supreme Court, the decision that they made Was against a church in Nevada who wanted the same privilege as the casino. The casinos get to operate at 50% capacity during this COVID. Churches only with 50 people. So they said, they weren't asking for a lot. They said, listen, if a casino can have 50%, uh, you know, occupation why can't a church here we're sitting here with a church building of 200 400 600 1,000 2,000 3,000 in seats and we can only have 50 people they petitioned they filed it got to the Supreme Court and by decision of five to four Justice John Roberts siding with the majority said no it is. Against the law in the United States of America, specifically the state of Nevada, for a church today to have more than fifty people in attendance, while just beside it set Caesar's palace. As the, as, as the dissenter, uh, Gorsuch wrote, I believe he he said, uh, you know, uh, uh, where in the world in America? How can you imagine? I paraphrase this: that that uh, that we would favor Caesar palace over Calvary chapel in America today 50% capacity in a casino in Nevada only 50 people in church do you think the devil's not trying to make it against the law for you to obey God of course he is from the prophet Daniel to the apostles of Jesus from Wang Yi In China, to Jesus himself, the prince of this world is a devil and he's doing his best to sit you down, shut you up, and take you out as a born-again Christian. He's doing his best to make you feel embarrassed, intimidated, uncomfortable. And when that fails, he'll just make it against the law because he knows most of you are not going to risk that one. Laws and ordinances right now are being considered and voted on that are aimed at making it illegal in America to preach the truth of God's Word. The devil has no new tricks. It's always been the same. And we have come to this point. And we have been here for a while. But it's getting critical now. And it's happening Wholesale. On January the 16th of this year, the President of the United States issued strong new guidance and he took significant steps to guarantee and to protect the right of prayer in public schools. He said, We worship God, we do not worship the government. Thank you, Mr. President. If you want more information, you can look at that particular uh, Oval Office presentation. Do not allow the devil or any of his minions to make you feel uncomfortable sharing your faith or speaking the truth in public or on social media. It might cost you your reputation. It might cost you your job. It might cost you your assets, and it might even cost you your life. I cannot guarantee that it won't. But what will it cost God and the eternity of millions in generations to come if somebody doesn't do something? Listen, this can be a costly job, by the way. Taking your opportunities to not be uncomfortable, not be ashamed, to not be afraid, to not be intimidated to not be threatened, to not allow yourself to be pushed into a place where you feel like I cannot obey God. Don't get to the place where you feel like you are no good to God. That's where the devil wants to render you completely fruitless. It's a costly job, but it's a high calling and somebody's got to do it. Let's begin. Father... Lord, I bless this congregation, Lord, those that are watching, Lord, and those that are standing here on campus. Lord, I bless them, God, with health and peace, with joy and increase, lord i pray in the name of jesus that your goodness would go with them lord that angels on assignment lord would watch over them lord not only keeping them healthy lord but making them a blessing lord to everyone that they see give them oh god a heart this week lord to proclaim your word over their lives lord to lift up their prayers lord for pastor wang lord and also god for our elections lord bless our nation god Lord, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to be what you need us to be, each one of us, Lord. And God, we also today, Lord. God, I bless us, Lord. God, to be free from intimidation, from embarrassment, Lord, from uh, anger, Lord, and God, from, uh, from, uh, Lord, threats, God, that we can share the truth out of a heart of love and taking an opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.